Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast, man. We help you on your uh, creative journey. Help you, if you're feeling lost, help you get back on the path. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. Uh, um, <laughs> you can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's get into it. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, antijpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Ushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. have those times where it doesn't seem to matter what you do you just can't get anything to happen in your creative path it doesn't matter if you bring your best self your medium self or your worst self to the game you can't seem to grow your audience grow your creativity or enable any kind of even small creative win ever happened to you that is one of the most frustrating places to be as a creative person because if day after day after day you're showing up as your best self and it doesn't make a difference pretty soon you're starting to feel like it doesn't matter if i show up at all because nothing is working this has happened to me a billion times. You know, when my my audience growth plateaus or my, my creative growth plateaus or my customer acquisition plateaus or slows down or stops, 
And when you're in that zone, you feel like there's nothing I can do. Every single method I know, everything that I've ever done is not pushing the needle forward. It's not working. Now, I don't know if it was uh, Albert Twain or Mark Einstein who said it, but somebody said it. It doesn't really matter if anybody ever said it. I'm going to say it now, and I think it's good. You've heard it before. It's the idea that doing the same thing and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. Remember that? You've heard that, right? But you're saying, Andy, I'm not. Why are you an old woman? It's fine. We've got old women that listen to this show. They're our favorite listeners. We love you, old women. (laughs) Andy, I'm not expecting different results. I'm expecting the same results. I'm doing all the same things that got me my first 50 true fans. All of these, these methods are the things that got me those those true fans, I'm not trying to get anything different. I'm just trying to get more of the same. I'm trying to get my next 50 true fans. Well, this episode is all about what to do when things have slowed down, what to do when your growth has plateaued, what to do when bringing your best self doesn't seem to change the game whatsoever. And the premise of this is saying, The reason those methods that got you this progress aren't working is because progress isn't created equal. Have you ever seen a book and it's just so good that you don't even have to read it? Like the whole thing, all the juice is in the title. You're like, boom, got it. Read the title. Fantastic title. Don't need to read the book. One of the books like that for me is from the business world, and it's called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Never read it, but I got it, man. Here's the idea. What brought your business to this stage, this level of growth, it won't take that business to tomorrow's goals because progress isn't created equal. The things that get you to a hundred person company won't get you to a thousand person company. They're totally different ball games. We see this in the diffusion of innovation model. Diffusion of innovation, it's just a, a model of how ideas spread. The greatest scientific, you know, data-driven minds have put their heads together to figure out how did moon boots catch on how did la gear light up shoes catch on like like, why does something take off in a culture remember those la gear light up sneakers oh boo my what the sounds sounds were but i was i'm you know grieving because my parents wouldn't buy me la gear because they were obsessed with michael jordan's and all i had as a kid was michael jordan's That's the most privileged BS I've ever said on this podcast, and I did it on purpose. Um, But I wanted LA gear light-up sneakers, uh, and I never got them. And the reason I wanted them is because the the diffusion of innovation, how an idea catches on. And here's here's the thing. The first group of people that – I think they're called the early innovators. They, they, They want new. That's why they try it. 
Those are your first true fans. They're the people that I just want something new. I want something I haven't seen before. I want to follow a new artist. But if all you're banking on is the new, if all of your methods got you those people, they won't get you the next group. Because the next group of people aren't just looking for new things. They're looking for new things that are also proven to be good. And so the thing that got you the first group won't get you the second group. Now, I don't know anything about football, okay? Well, that's a lie. I know one thing, one thing about football, and here it is. The play that gets you over the 50-yard line isn't the same play that's going to get you in the end zone because as you work your way down the field, the game changes. It gets all congested near the end zone. You've got all the defense all there waiting. They're, the defense changes their mindset because the, the points are on the line, man. Like they're doubling down the resistance against you. So you've got to come up with a different play. You know, I have made it my business to break, to be kind of a creative, uh, you know, in charge of a creative uh, heist team, a, a, a one-man heist team in the creative world. I've, I ha Because I have ADHD, I'm constantly trying to break into new markets and mix it up and try new things. So over my decade of a career, I've broken into advertising, editorial, publishing, kids' books, podcasting, public speaking, and band posters, a bunch of other stuff. That's just kind of my thing. And one of the things I've learned is the more resistance, the bigger the reward. The king doesn't put all the treasure in an unmanned castle. The bigger the treasure, the more soldiers guarding it. The bigger the gates, the stronger the gatekeepers. And so this episode, and if you don't hear anything else this episode, listen to this. Maybe if your growth is plateauing, if you feel like the game's changing, if the old methods aren't working anymore, it's not because it's time to give up. Maybe it's time to call a timeout, rethink your whole game plan, because the resistance isn't increasing because you're about to lose. Maybe the resistance is increasing and doubling down because you're about to win. Maybe if the defense is doubling down, it's because you're on the brink of a game-winning slam grand d f touchdown. I don't know the ter terminology. But if you're plateauing, if, if, if the game's changing, if the old methods aren't working, don't take it as a sign that you're washed up. Take it a, as a sign that you are on to bigger more important challenges. And you might just be on the brink of your biggest creative breakthrough. In this episode, we're going to talk about three things to try when audience growth stops or plateaus. It's called timeout. <whistles> T-O, put through the little hand sign with the T. That means we're calling a timeout. We're going to say, hey, Old methods aren't working anymore, are they? 
We're trying the same old methods to get more of the same results, but they're not the same results, and we need some new plays. Let's get to it. Okay, so the first new plan, the first new play that I want you to get after is number one, make something remarkable. Now you're probably saying, uh, Andy, what do you think I've been trying to do? But I mean something very specific when I say remarkable. We all know the most effective way of growing your practice is word of mouth, is people telling other people about what you're doing. Seth Godin says that the best way to do this is to make something truly remarkable, something that you must remark upon. You know, I had a book coach, Azul Taranas, he said that people talk about books that are easy to talk about. If you don't go the extra mile to bring it home, if you don't put in the time to make sure that there are talk triggers in your creative work on purpose, things put in your song or album or illustration or film to get people talking, if you don't do that work for them, you're expecting your fans to burn the calories to come up with their own sales pitch for their own way to tell you who this person is. Who is this folk artist? You know, they're the folk artist that did the 50 States Project. Well, they did two of the 50, but they said they were going to do it. His name's Sufjan Stevens. It was a talk trigger. Who's the illustrator? Oh, you know, she's the one that does the drawing prompts on Instagram. Her name's Carson Ellis. She takes three drawing prompts out of a hat, puts them together, and you got to draw something that incorporates all three. It's fun. It's a shtick. Yeah, sure. It's a shtick. It's a, it's a, but, but it's fun. Like, why do you have to take it so seriously, your creative practice? Why can't you throw your audience a bone and give them something to sink their teeth in, give them something to pass on? There's a book called Talk Triggers by Jay Baer. It goes deep into the science and the methodology of companies like Doubletree. They've done this miraculous science Backed tactic. It's called giving warm cookies out when you check in. And it says something about their company and it's something for them to tell other people. Oh, we went to this hotel, they give you a warm cookie when you checked in. You know, Cheesecake Factory back in their heyday, their, their menu was designed to be a talk trigger, to get something to remark upon. It wasn't this huge giant book of a menu on accident just because they wanted to sell a bunch of stuff. It was actually a combination of the same kinds of things just to be like, have you seen their menu? It's ridiculous. And it was ridiculous on purpose. You know, back in the day, I used to do a bunch of craft shows and, and, you know, I had an artist booth where I would sell my merch and I would go to these craft shows and it just started to get ridiculous. I had to, you know, I had to bring in my grid wall, set it all up. I had to make sure I ironed my, uh, you know, tablecloth. Like I didn't become an illustrator to make sure that my tablecloth didn't have any creases in it. And I just freaking hated it and it just got worse and worse. Like every booth just one upped the other booth. Now they're bringing in antique milk crates to stack on to put their wares on. And this person's got a triple fold by fold apparatus to put all of their uh, doodads on. And this person's, you know, got 
crazy signage carved out of redwood trees. And I'm just like, oh, dear God, I just want to make pictures. And so I sat around and thought, how can I beat the competition? How can I give some people something to talk about, something to notice, something to remark upon with cheating with the simplest, dumbest, quickest, fastest, crappest setup that doesn't get in the way of what I actually want to do, which is connect with people and make creative work. And I created this booth that was inspired by the Charlie Brown Peanuts uh, psychiatric help booth that Lucy has. It says five cents, you know, for therapy. And I created a, uh, a creative pep talk booth, five cent pep talks, Dr. Pizza's in. And every time I've set that thing up, it has created uh, a line and, and it's broken free from the noise. It reminds me of my brother. We used to have pep rallies in high school and everybody's going, yeah. And, you know, all of these noises just blend into the crowd. And my brother in these, I think there were school assemblies, would be going, ay, 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 this weird sound. And it's the only thing you could hear. So how do you break from the pack on purpose? It doesn't have to be something that defines your career. It doesn't have to be, you know, creating this tiny niche of particular people that just like that sound or just like Charlie Brown. Like they don't care about Charlie Brown. It's just different. You know, I used to play uh, Zelda on stage to as an illustration for one of my talks. I'd actually bring the switch and take out my uh, laptop's cord and hook it up to the switch and play on stage. It's just a way of being like, I was the only one playing the Nintendo Switch on the stage at any conference. I can guarantee you that. I don't know if any other ones that aren't game conferences have people doing that. Uh, and, and it's just some fun. Have a little fun, okay? You don't have to be so serious. I don't need a shtick. I don't need no gimmicks. Okay, well, then go listen to uh, the podcast for people that are killing it every second, man, raking in the dough, being themselves, full-time creative genius. I, go listen to that podcast. That's not, <laughs> that's not what this one is. Um, but, you know, comedians do this. If I say woodworking comedian, you think Nick Offerman. If I think white guy voice, you think Dave Chappelle. If I say Sketchpad, you might think Dimitri Martin. If I say ended comedians being invited to the correspondence dinner, you're thinking Michelle Wolf. Every time Michelle Wolf gets invited uh, onto a comedy stage, that's how they open it up. Because which comedian is it? Oh, it's the comedian that ended comedians getting invited to the correspondence dinner at the White House. Michelle Wolf. Piano on stage, Galifianakis. Banjo, Steve Martin. Drummer, Fred Armisen. He has a whole special about stand-up for drummers. Do you think that's really for drummers? Do you think drummers are the only people watching that? No. It's just a, something to remark on, something to pass on to a friend of which comedian? You know, the one that's a drummer. Ali Wong, pregnant on stage, did a whole special pregnant. Which, which comedian? The pregnant one. You know, remember the pregnant special? Yeah. Talk triggers. Have some fun. Make something remarkable. Okay, another reason why you might be hitting a wall is because you're too entrenched in your own industry. The second thing you can do 
when things start to plateau is to build bridges to other niches. You might not know this, but on Superman's planet, he's a dime a dozen. Same goes for illustrators. Among illustrators, I'm not that special. In fact, there's a lot of illustrators that are much more super powerful than me. Like, I bet on Superman's planet, there were way cooler, more powerful versions of his race. Like, I, I'm sure of it. But he's the one on Earth. He's our Superman. And that's why we need him. That's why we have so much work for him. And so if you're getting stuck, it might be because you are a designer making work about design for designers, right? Like it's a dime a dozen. Your, your superpower, just in contrast to everybody else's, isn't that special. So this, the way to get out of that is to quit being the illustrator who cares about neurodiversity and be the neurodiverse advocate with the superpower of illustration. There's two ways that you can build bridges into other niches and where your creative superpower will all of a sudden be an asset to a group of people. It'll be in demand. First way to do it is to make content that's supercharged with your creative work. We see this. I'll give you a few examples. Danny Donovan on Illustrator, she blew up because she was an illustrator making infographics about ADHD. Now she lives in the world of ADHD, not the world of illustration. As the ADHD illustrator uh, who makes sweet infographics. Like that community is being served by her. So they have all of this demand and it exploded her audience. Christian Robinson, the phenomenal, I'm a huge fan of his kids illustration. And he's been making videos for kids on various topics using the power of his illustration. He's supercharging that content, not for illustrators, but for the industry, the niche of childhood development. Russell Brand, comedian. He's not just making spiritual content for comedians or fans of comedy. He's, he's the, in the spiritual world, he's the funny one. He's been making all this, this podcast and all these Instagram TVs with spiritual content. It's one of the only, you know, spiritual content that you can consume that is going to make you die with laughter. That's what makes it special in that world. So that's the first thing you can do. Instead of just using your music or your writing or your design or, or whatever it is that you do, instead of just using it to one up the people in your little field, maybe take those services and serve underserved niches that matter to you that you're a part of. You know, I've been doing this lately. I've been on podcasts about ADHD. I'm the illustrator in the ADHD community. I'm the illustrator in the community of childhood development and neurodiversity. I'm the illustrator in the world of mythology and hero's journey, right? Like I've been building bridges to those other places because the things that got me this far won't take me any further because I've saturated this niche in this industry and it's time to widen it out. So build bridges to other niches.
You know, I have this weird belief that education is actually an art form. You know, when I make an episode of this show, I'm never thinking like, let's teach something about creativity. I'm always seeing it as its own creative endeavor, its own, you know, that na- analogies for me in the show are, you know, my own Midwestern version of poetry. You know, I'm always trying to make them as engaging and moving as any creative output that I make. And I think that's the amazing thing about artists as educators. And I bet you can think about through your high school experience, through your college experiences, the the, the teachers that embodied this passion, almost as if they were in theater. Like those are the thing, those are the lessons you remembered, right? Skillshare.com slash creative pep. You can get two free months of classes created by creators. And there is so much creative approach to teaching on that platform. And I just want to give you a heads up. We have a new class coming out soon. And it is my, one of my favorite pieces of art that I've ever made. And I can't wait for you to see it. Go sign up and go see what they're doing over there. Skillshare.com slash creative pep for two free months. Okay. The third one is community over vanity. This shift is so massive and I am begging you to take it seriously right now. Don't put it off. Here's what I mean. When it comes to building an audience, there are these two opposing mindsets. One is grounded in your humanity and one is oozing from your ego. Okay. Have you ever heard of of vanity metrics? Vanity metrics are things that everybody cares about. Everybody thinks is, is really impressive, but they don't actually matter. I don't know if you've seen it, but there are these influencers with millions of followers who have run these influencer campaigns and can't sell jack because that metric. It's a vanity metric. They've got millions of followers and no true fans, no real community because they have been in the shameless pursuit of vanity metrics. Growing their audience, growing their following has nothing to do with their humanity. It has nothing to do with serving people, connecting with people, being part of something. And it has everything to do with their ego. They never care about the people that are following them. They're only caring about the people that aren't following them. And pretty soon, your community is going to get a whiff of that. And, And that's not why you should change. You shouldn't change that mindset so that you can get more followers. You should change that mindset because you're missing out on the best part of creating a community in the first place. It's the connection. You know, self-expression is such a sweet thing when it's heard. That's such a driving motivator for me as a creative person. I don't want to just self-express. You know, if an artist self-expresses himself in the woods and nobody hears it, has he really? (laughs) Have they really expressed themselves? Uh, It's not clever or interesting. I'll just shut it down. But 
Michelle Poehler, she sent out, she sends out a really great newsletter. I'll link it up in the show notes. Uh, she was on this podcast. She's a brand expert and uh, she did a hundred day project on fear, facing her fears. She's really, really brilliant deeply authentic. She really cares about her community. She sent out a newsletter the other day, and it was 10 things that she learned growing her Instagram following to 100,000 followers. And my favorite point was she said that the biggest shift in the growth happened when she actually quit worrying about the growth, when she started caring more about her actual followers than her potential followers, when she started commenting and DMing and, and connecting with and, and really bonding with the people that cared about what she was doing, that those are the things that make for brand evangelists of what you do, people that go out and sell what you do for you, is when you show up and serve your creative community like you actually give a damn. Pat Flynn he is a, a growth expert. He's a marketer. And he put out a book called Superfans. And he calls this activity magic moments. You know, growing up, I had this uh, period of time, a really brief period of time. I, 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 for one year, I played football. And uh, my best friend was a football star. And he was also a complete and utter goofball. And uh, when we were in the middle of games, he was on the line you know, face to face with these brutes on the the line. I don't know what else it's called, but the, like, you know, footballers, huge footballers ready to knock some skulls. And while we're looking them in the eye, we would both try to mess with the people on the other team. I remember I would say something like to the guy looking in my eyes, don't call me cheesy. Don't you dare call me cheesy. I don't know what it... <laughs> What he meant. I was just trying to get in their head. That was a big tactic for me in sports. It's pretty much all I had. Um, and uh, he would sing this magic moment with your lips so close to mine and uh, <laughs> just try to psych people out. Um, it was, I don't know, maybe it was wrong. I don't know. But um, that's what I think of when I hear magic moments. Pat Flynn's not talking about that. Pat Flynn's talking about... Uh, showing up and doing special things for the true fans. You know these people. They're your biggest fans. You hear from them all the time. How can you do something special for them? Take a minute to reply to that DM with a voice message. How can you take a minute to actually hear that person's problem or hear that person's perspective or hear that person's praise and internalize it and slow things down and be present with them for even just a moment. Those people will become the foundation of your complete career. You know, leadership expert Andy Stanley says, do for one what you wish you could do for all. You can't scale that kind of behavior. But when you connect with a audience member on that level, their enthusiasm and their efforts and their talking points and their word of mouth does scale. And, and, and I just want to bring it back to this isn't a win-lose. It's not like be a good person because you'll get more followers. It, no, it's a win-win. Be a good person, which is a win, and you'll get more followers, which is a win. It's better than the lose-lose scenario of being a, a, 
a mean person. I was going to say it much worse, but you know, I try to make it clean for the kids. Um, <laughs> you know, be a be a terrible person and have no followers. What you know? What's there? It's you know, lose lose. Uh, voice messages, reply to DM, DMs, comment. Be you know, in therapy, my therapist is amazing. And uh, every time uh, we start, she always has me drop in. And it's all about listen to your body. What are you feeling? Why are you feeling that? It's a process for getting in the present. And like Kanye says, your presence is a present. Uh, I, that's the only time I'm going to con- <laughs> quote Kanye, but it's true. How can you, when, when, when you see this name over and over again and they, you're clearly doing something for them, like they have a taste for the stuff that you're cooking, how can you give them the present of your presence and just stop for a minute? You know, for this episode, we're going to thank a bunch of patrons later, p- people that are my Patreon backers, because they made this episode possible. Because I made a rougher version of this. I sent it out. I, I did a call uh, and took about the first 10 people and got feedback from them. It was one of the most rewarding, but also insightful processes that I ever had. They know my stuff. They've got a taste for what I'm cooking. And so th- they're my best feedback source. And uh, if you like this episode, you have my patrons to thank. So, community over vanity. Make the switch. Sometimes I think, uh, you know, that quote we started with, it kind of gets it wrong. That's how I know that it wasn't Einstein who said it. He would have said something better. He wouldn't have said that, you know, trying the same thing and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. I think he would have said, it's not the definition of insanity, it's the foundation of insanity. It's where insanity comes from, is trying to do the same thing over and over and hoping and wishing and praying that something will change. It'll lead you to crazy. You ever see those heartbreaking uh, 90s commercials. I think they actually still play them. Sarah McLaughlin and the suffering dogs, they're heartbreaking and and they work. I mean, I'm sure tons of donations have come through because of Sarah McLaughlin remembering these dogs. And uh, there's usually a few clips in there where the dog is in like a loop trying to nudge open their cage over and over or trying to pull off their leash. And it's just heartbreaking. Like, the, the, you know, they're doing the same thing over and over, but there's no life force in it. There's no strength behind it. They're just in a loop, rocking back and forth. It's clear they've checked out. Eventually trying the same thing over and over, but getting nowhere will start to take its toll. This happens when... Day after day, we show up with our best efforts and our whole self, and we give it everything we've got, and it doesn't move the ball forward. Eventually, that is going to take its toll on you. We have the grit and the desperation to physically keep showing up day after day, but spiritually, 
we're starting to check out. The lights are on, but there's nobody home. You can't keep, you, you can't afford to keep nudging the same doors over and over. That groove is becoming a rut. We rescued a dog last year, actually. Her name's Moki, after uh, Moki from Fraggle Rock. Uh, and uh, it's one of the best things, it's one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. I'm not kidding. She made me a dog person. I'm a, I love this dog. She's like a therapy dog. She hugs you with her whole body. I kid you not. She is the sweetest. Like, you know, I always like dogs, but now I get it. I get it. I'm one of those crazy rescue people now because of Moki. And uh, it broke my heart. When we first got her, she would panic when we'd cross a road or uh, when we were walking near a dog, she would screech and freak out, barking at the dog. And uh, often when we're on a walk, she'll circle back to me and boop me, like boop me with her nose as if to say, you still here, dad? Is, is everything okay? And I get the impression that this puppy has seen some crap, man. Like before she was rescued by the shelter, I feel like she must have spent some time on the street, you know, trying to survive. And I'm really grateful that, you know, this silly puppy figured out new that the things that allowed her to survive on the street and end up in the shelter, those growling, angry, scared, anxious methods that she used to stay alive, I'm so glad she realized those methods weren't going to help her thrive one day in our home. Because I know she didn't learn to survive on the streets with those amazing life-giving hugs that she gives me every single day. You don't learn to hug like that on the street. I can tell you that right now. She had different methods. The new settings called for different approaches. My silly, lovely, sweet baby pooch uh, she figured it out <laughs> and she's just a dog. You're a brilliant human with the most creatively complex machine in all of the universe in your skull. If you feel like you're losing it, doing the same things over and over again and hoping for different results, I hope that you realize it's time to regroup call a timeout, let's get some new plays, and let's score that slam dunk touchdown goal. I always feel like an imposter every time I talk about sports, but I'm serious. If you are up against a ceiling, if you are hitting a brick wall, I hope that you can Believe that it's not because you need to pack it up and give it up and, and, and call it a day, but it might just be that that resistance has increased because you're right on the edge of a big breakthrough.
Hey, super freaking huge thanks to our Patreon backers. I had a bunch of Patreon backers listen to an early version of this show so that we could make it that much better, and their feedback was amazing. It, I kid you not, it was so great to be talking with these people that love the show because they have the same taste as me. Like they're the people I'm making this for. So to get their feedback before we, you know, put it out there was essential. They 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 made this one of my favorite episodes ever. Thank you, Martha Johnson, Phoebe Taylor, Taylor Lee Nicholson, Marco Bernard, Luciana Flora, Molly O'Reilly, Ashley at Ranky Doodles, I don't know her last name, and Morgan Summers. Sorry if I missed anybody. That feedback was essential. Freaking loved it. I hope you loved how this episode turned out. Thanks for making it happen. Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Alex Sugg for our soundtrack. Thanks to Jordan Aaron for editing this show so well. Thanks to Ryan Appleton for managing sponsorships and my schedule so that I can spend extra time on the podcast every week. And thanks to all of you for showing up and listening. Until we speak again, stay pepped up. It was like a ghost pep talker. Stay pepped up. This would have been more appropriate at Halloween. Anyway, stay pepped up, friends.